0: Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 287, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is made possible by Ace High Graphics. We can help you get exactly the right custom-designed hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and bags, all made to order. Ace High Graphics can help you unite your team for in-person or virtual gatherings. Get your quote at acehighgraphics.com. TheRealHerbMarket.com. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an online store that sold herbals from verified herbalists making crafted herbal products? Now there is, The realherbmarket.com. Now, here are your hosts.
1: I'm Candice Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. I love talking to Anna Rosa.
0: You know, it was fun because having her back after a few years, uh, You know, we had her back uh, maybe two or three maybe three or four years ago and she was one of our
1: she was one of our very first, first... like
0: named herbalist you yeah know? um she you know i think our publisher reached out to us at the time and she had she had her book on icelandic herbs yeah and it was really interesting to us because there's such a thing you know yeah um so that was that was really cool to meet her there and then you know and, off and on, be in contact with her through different you know ways and then to reach out to her again and say hey you know we'd love to have you back on the on the show and And, uh, you know, she had these new ventures that she was doing, of course. And, you know, what I always thought was interesting about the, we were talking about Icelandic herbs and talking about what she was dealing with or doing now. And, you know, we talked about the, you know, that making that joke of, you know, of her and her family getting in the caravan and.
1: You know, <laughs> going out
0: and the wilderness. and
1: Right, your vision for how she's wildcrafting you know, and she's going to be doing yeah, these long trips. Yeah, you know, and so. she's
0: out there making food and there's a fire at night and it's a mm. thing. And there's herbs drying in racks. She's got this whole – well, she shattered that image yeah, big time. <laughs> she did. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and I mean, the image for us is honestly created because – and we know people like Howie Brownstein from Columbine School of Botanical Studies who – gets in his caravan and he takes his students out and they drive for you know anywhere from an hour to 4 to 6 hours to get to the spot they're going to spend their day in to do their you know field botany and plant identification work and and the things that they do as part of their studies and then in some cases I'm guessing he stays maybe his students drive back maybe they don't but I know that he does has done many camping out Times. Yeah, they, they, I know that they've. Yeah. I think
0: they've done overnights too, because mm-hmm. you go. I mean, you're driving you're six driving hours, a
1: long ways. Yeah. Which, if you
0: put that in a perspective, mm-hmm. you know, six hours driving for 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 us locally to get to where we want to be is the equivalent of Anna Rosa driving almost halfway around. Or, well, a third of the way around her island, her island right. of Iceland, her country yeah. of Iceland.
1: Right. <laughs> so, right.
0: So, you know, they, putting that into perspective, that must mean, yeah, she just takes the uh, the, the family truckster out there and just goes off into her area that she's going to wildcraft because mm-hmm. she knows where it is. And, you know, maybe it's 30, 40 minutes there. She grabs a few things. She goes back to the house and it's all done. Yeah. So that whole idea of, of you know, again, mm-hmm. my perception was oh, yeah. more along the lines where, like for where we live, you're going to might have to drive.
1: Yeah. I mean, our... To get to actual wilderness for us, it's easily an hour's worth of driving. You know, the stuff that's closer, there are a few places that are closer that are fairly wildish, but it's not like you're going to not run into other human beings and you really shouldn't be off trail in those areas because, again, lots of human beings. If we all go off trail, there will be no trail left. We'll just have trampled the woods. Right. So to get to the places that and we I mean, we don't even live in a very big city. We live in a average to midland sized city. You know, there's there are plenty of towns that are smaller. The bulk of American population is in larger cities. You yeah. know, as big as ours or considerably bigger.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, our we we do have many many areas of of our country mm-hmm. that are
1: rural. And a majority of us don't live close enough to the rural areas to actually be able to say oh, I'm going to drive for as little as a half an hour and actually wildcraft. Right. You know? right. I mean, our wildcrafting is, for most of us, in the city. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and, and it's
0: funny that you, we talk about this. I, I was hearing a TED Talk the other day by this a woman who's quite, quite popular now about wildcrafting from her heritage uh, growing up in the South and, you know, she needed; it, it became out of necessity that she did it. Now she's got you know, millions of followers on on her TikTok feed about wildcrafting,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and you know, going into an area, a park anyway, even a city park, and just taking a few, you know, dandelions or a few Oregon grape or something that you would have just a little bit, you know, for herself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and that's how she's wildcrafting because that's what she has access to. She's not, like yeah. you said, running out and, and getting all these herbs, you know.
1: But even that's a little bit scary when you think about like what happened. A couple of years ago, at the beginning of COVID, there was a whole big thing in LA about all these people had, for whatever reason, been inspired to go out and wildcraft herbs in the city. And even if each one person goes into the park and takes a dandelion, well, there's only a couple hundred dandelions there, right? You know, eventually, there's no dandelions left for anybody. Oh, I
0: guess it's yeah. Okay, good point. <laughs> but if you're uh, the person that is trying to keep dandelions from your park. That's not bad. I'm sure. Right. Yeah, uh, and
1: dandelions in the city may not be a great one cuz grapes no, often But spray, like Oregon grape
0: or, or something exactly, that was a little yeah. more, you know, you know, uh, intentionally planted or or whatever. But I mean there's there are a lot of public spaces, you know, mm-hmm. available. I know like in our area there are some spots, you know, you could if you wanted to, but yeah, I, I just like that whole idea just mm-hmm. always that romantic idea of it and I
1: I know, I love you know. the idea of the thought that you would like actually have a caravan or a R v of some sort, and you get in it, and you can go out to the wilderness and you park it somewhere, and then you actually can like use that as your base camp and then go walk and hike in yeah. all these directions and so far, my reality of actually living in America for these fifty odd years has been that there isn't really a place that you can do that without somehow infringing on somebody else's property or territory and getting in trouble for that, right. trespassing in some area you're not supposed to be in or being in a national park where you're not supposed to be taking stuff right. without a license, you gotta have a
0: license or a permit to do that. And mm-hmm. that's the other thing too is you know know your local laws because these the fines can be well relatively steep. Mm-hmm. I mean, like for instance, locally, if you want to wildcraft a certain mushroom, like I think it's matsutake or one of the other ones, if you, you have a you have a slot limit, meaning. The 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 like the, you
1: can go find too of and that's
0: it. Well, or the fruit has to has to, has uh, to slip through a ring. ring. Yeah, if it slips through the ring, you can't take it. If it's a bad, yes, you can. Yeah, and and they monitor that. I mean, they the foresters are. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in an area where that's happening, and then you're you're taking the wrong ones or too many of the small ones. You are going to get fined.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so you know, know your local ordinances on that. Yeah. So obviously, know what what you can and can't do.
1: Yeah, in this area, even with the. Common, common ones like the chanterelles, which until the last couple of fire seasons were in abundance, ridiculous abundance around us. Right. Even those, there's a pound limit. You can only have however many pounds. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't a very large.
0: Yeah, it's like a couple pounds a day or something like that. Yeah, and it, you know, or a basket size or whatever. If fit in a thing. It was, yeah, it's you
1: know and for you know, a family, it's a very reasonable amount. Sure. Yeah, I mean, but, it, it, but you
0: know, in the commercial harvesters, they have to have permits, and you know, wow. they have to have pay yeah. for those. Yeah, you know, so I understand, you know, all that. And, and you know, the other thing too is, like, I was at I was at a park once. Um, well, this I was at a, I was at a swimming hole this summer, and you know, a friend of mine was taking these rocks, and I said, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Well, these are really pretty rocks. You're green. I said. You can't take those. Yeah, you're
1: not allowed to take rocks. Well, if they're like, well, they're
0: just rocks. I say, yeah, but if you take them and tomorrow another person comes and takes them and then tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and it keeps going and mm-hmm. everyone just takes a rock before you know it, there's no rocks here.
1: It's just like the 200 dandelions that would yeah, be gone. Yeah,
0: if you ju- You're you chipping can. away at the resource for yourself and not for everybody else. This is a exactly. park. This is a natural area. You know, keep the rocks here. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you want to go harvest rocks, then go pay for it. Mm-hmm. Then you can get and a, a get rock permit, permit yeah. at the at the forestry department to to oh uh, yeah we have get a lot of
1: rock hounds in Oregon and they do exactly that well, they have to yeah you know
0: or they should anyway so but uh, you know the thing with Iceland though going, bringing it back around there is like you know what I thought was interesting what she was saying is that the herbs that grow there you know they're like. Like uh, Leslie was talking about the monster yarrow, the massive, yeah. the big yarrow on the Oregon coast, which we've encountered. It's been almost as oh, yeah. tall as us, right? Yeah. Well, on the flip side, in Iceland, the they're yarrow really might small. be half as much, but twice as strong.
1: Right. Yeah. Because it can't, it's growing the in a very, potent, very yeah.
0: um area. It's growing in a difficult area. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so she, the plants that she is wildcrafting are hella strong. So yeah. they're not monsters. You know, but they're, but they're really, really strong. Oh, yeah. So I think that's an interesting idea, um, concept with most of her herbal herbs that she's using, um, from Iceland and using that in a way, like on her acne cream she was talking about, um, you know, that are, they're just double potency. They're just they're just stronger because the environment yeah. they're living in isn't, you know, great. And we've even, you know, and again, we'll bring this mm-hmm. this is repeating some of the stuff we've talked about before, but like you even in our house, our volunteer herbs that just kind of oh, grow yeah. in the middle of nowhere where they're not supposed to, and it's like gravel and there's no water, and yeah. they mm-hmm. just they they are able to do it. And then you, you take a leaf, like a, I remember oregano being the one I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. You take a leaf <laughs> of that oregano, like, whoa, damn, that's powerful. And then I have the other one in my in my culinary box, you know, and I take that like it's good. But that one's really good. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, so that's why in our house, if we have a volunteer herb, we just let it go. We let it grow. and Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Because that's going to be really good medicine or good food. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you know, not a weed. Remember? Mm-hmm. remember, even a rose can be a weed if it's in the wrong garden.
1: That is true. <laughs> and we do have actually some rose weeds. Yes, we have some rose weeds. <laughs> there's, um, there's one particular uh, dogwood rose that just I can't can't keep that thing contained.
0: Yes, it is it, it is really prolific likes, likes as, is our, as is our as is our our blackberry weed infestation. And I I don't care if you like blackberry pie or blackberry whatever or blackberry soda, blackberry black, I don't care. If you live in Oregon, it's an infestation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weed. <laughs> I mean, That's I never true. knew what a bramble patch really was.
1: And Until then, I moved to Oregon. And then you moved to Oregon,
0: yeah. <laughs> Now I know what Bramble Patches are. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, but um, yeah, I, I think, you know, she's such a, a vibrant lady and she does such really cool things. Um, you know, and it's so interesting to find out that, you know, Reykjavik is 150,000 people. It's it's no really larger than, than Eugene, Springfield, yeah. where we live. Yeah. You know, you always think of Reykjavik as being this huge metropolis. Trouble trouble is. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 So, no. but uh.
1: yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful that we have access to like Anna Rose's skincare products and, and other herbalists who do their products online and, and are in areas or have the ability to go find, grow, create, so that I don't have to do as much. I mean, it's not that I don't love being in the wilderness, I certainly do, but it's a lot of work. It is really a lot of work to go out and you have to really love what you're doing to do that consistently, to make, go out and, and find the plants and then bring them home. And then, I mean, when she talked about going out and doing, doing it, she has to process everything the same day. And I've done that. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of work. You go out and you have a great time. And by the time you get back in the car to drive home, you're pretty tired. Oh yeah. You know, and then you drive home. In her case, perhaps only like a half an hour or an hour. In our case, more like you know two or three hours. But you drive home, and then you begin to dry, chop, chop, macerate, whatever you're going you know, to do, whatever and you're gonna you, do yeah. measure, and yeah, you process, it. and that you know that's several more hours of work.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and that's the thing too, and and that brings us back to to an idea of of. of I can't remember that there's a term for it, but you get out into the woods or wherever you're going and you just got to, you feel there's just something that comes over you mm-hmm. and you I harvest it all.
1: And yeah. I, there it's was sort a, of like this herb greed.
0: Yeah. And I, there's a, and there was a term that I, either Howie used it or Sue used Plant it. Plant lust, I think. What's that? Plant lust. Plant lust maybe is it. And you get out there and you're just like, ah, you know, but remember everything that you grab, you got to use. I mean, you yeah. just, you just have to, for appreciation and, and, you know, taking from the mother earth and the forest and all if you're going to take it, you're going to use it. Right. So that's the case. And you grab 30, 40, 50 pounds of oh, whatever herb. Yeah. It may not seem like a lot in the woods, but when you get it home in your kitchen and you dump that on the table and you're that is sitting
1: there tons going, tons of, it. of yeah. stuff,
0: you've got to clean, you chop, macerate, set yes. it up, get them into tinctures, get them into stuff because you, with the herb, you know, you're not – it's going to lose potency the longer it sits. Right. All those essential yeah. oils and stuff are going to start you know, getting out of them.
1: Yes. And, and even if what, all you're doing is planning to dry it, you need to garble it, hang it up properly and dry it dry appropriately. It. Otherwise, it's going to rot. Yeah. It'll and get then moldy what have you and, done? Yeah.
0: And then what have you done? You've, you've wasted a resource and somebody else can't come in and get that resource either.
1: And more importantly, you've lost the right to complain when you see other people doing damaging things to the earth. Because if you're not willing to make sure that you don't do damaging things to the earth and if you're not going to be, you know, if you're not going to be careful and caring as you work and and are in the world, then how can you expect anybody else to do that?
0: You ever wanted to learn about plant medicine, googled the plant, and only found stuff written by medical database sites or celeb docs who don't seem to use the herbs themselves? The Practical Herbalist has loads of articles on herbs and plant-based medicines all written by experts who actually study and work with the plants every day. At The Practical Herbalist, you'll find info on traditional and modern uses of herbs that's, supposed, that's supported by science, yet still practical for real people. Visit ThePracticalHerbalist.com.
1: So if you want to be able to complain about, you know, the government, for instance, yes, right, you know, or big, big pharma, or you want to complain about, you know, other large industries that do damaging things like the forestry or the timber or um, mining or ocean fishing or any of these things, then you have to be really thinking carefully about what you do take from the earth and, and how you handle it. And
0: you know, I'll just put this back in: in what you leave and what you, you know. Leave, if you yes. if you walk into an area and it looks great, leave it like that. Oh, yeah. Or if you walk into an area and it, it's okay, but there's a few things that are – someone left some trash, someone left – you know what?
1: Clean it up. Clean it up. Leave yeah. it better
0: than when you found it. Yeah. Because that's how we're going to continue to have these areas that we can keep going to and keep doing. And, you know, you could be all like anti-government stuff, but the fact that it matters if you're they're asking for permits so that this resource can be used for everybody.
1: Yeah. That's part of the prop reason for the permitting. Yeah. You know, if, like if you want to go out and get a permit for the Matsutakis. Mm-hmm. It's partly to help fund foresters and other people in the government that take care of the land and make sure that it is treated well. Oh, exactly. You
0: know, know, I I was – this isn't necessarily about herbs. This is about fish, right? Mm -hmm. So this year in Oregon, the first year in five years, you can – if you catch a coho salmon – in the in the river, you can keep it. The last wow. five years, if the coho salmon got in the river and you caught a coho salmon in the river, you had to let it go. You couldn't right. even bring it, if you got to the boat, you had to disconnect it as fast as possible. Right. Right? Well, and they did that because five years ago there was a die-off because yeah. uh, of the water. We had a we had a, we had a depleted oxygen area out in the ocean. Yeah. So again, our, our you know, this is where our government
1: Helps. Yeah. You know, they said we need. The regulation isn't about making human beings suffer. suffer. It's, it's about, about helping the other beings. Right. So the survive. salmon rebounded
0: and this yeah. is the first year now for the next month. If you're a fisherman, you could do that. Yeah. Now, if we didn't do that and people just kept fishing and fishing and fishing and fishing and doing what they were doing, we may, the, the population yeah. may never have rebounded. Right. Right.
1: Right. And we as human beings oftentimes don't realize the bigger picture. Partly because we're not all sitting around studying that.
0: Well, how can I affect it? I'm just one little person taking one little bit of thing and it's, well, it's, it's just me, a little thing. Not even that. You know, it's
1: it. a lack of awareness. I mean, how many people actually really were paying that much attention to understand why there were fewer coho salmon in the river that year? A lot of people don't have Didn't time. not understand. Because they're busy being experts in their own fields. Right. You know, if right. you're, if your job is to take care of people in a hospital. And you're not even a doctor or nurse, you're actually an administrator or you handle the billing or the insurance stuff. Right. Your expertise isn't about spending your time or your day isn't about spending your time researching why the coho are not as prolific as they had been in past years.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: So we pay our permits to have the government figure that out and hire people that do that. And those people, likewise, probably are not experts in the medical insurance industry and don't know how to best help themselves, their family members, or their friends get the medical care they need. That's your job because you're the medical insurance expert. This is why we do these things. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
1: so we have another Herbal 101 today.
0: All right. Um okay so our question today is from Sandy. And Sandy asks, she look I'm looking for a product that may help severe neuropathy. Type 1 diabetic for 60 years. Can you help?
1: I cannot give you medical advice of course. Yes. Definitely. Diabetes type 1 and type 2 both of those often neuropathy is associated with that and it will, you know, as as the years go by, definitely you start to get more and more Potential for that.
0: So I don't know what that neuropathy is. Could you tell me?
1: That's when you have, um, in some cases, it's overstimulation or understimulation of the nervous system in an area. So for instance, you have tingling in your feet all the time Mm -hmm. or numbness in your feet all the time. Okay. The circulation might be okay still with diabetes. Oftentimes, circulation in your extremities um, decreases or diminishes with age. Uh, so that may be a factor. You might have a nerve that's being pinched in some way, but a lot of times it's just I'm not sure what causing the nervous system in those areas to be disrupted and and staying disrupted. It can happen for a lot of other reasons. It isn't just a diabetes-related thing. People have it for, you know, sometimes there's injuries. Other conditions can cause it that sort of thing. It's right. not uncommon. And especially as we age, it's the type of thing that's more likely to show up. Okay. So we were talking about wildcrafting and here in Oregon and throughout the West coast for sure, there's one plant that's often used topically in, in, um, in for neuropathy and for helping mm-hmm. to reheal or repair nervous system or nerves, especially those in the skin and musculature. Mm-hmm. And that would be St. John's work. Oh. And in fact, in our area, it is considered an invasive damaging weed so going out and picking the st johns wort is a really good thing it's helpful to everybody so that's a good thing it is st johns wort is something that is located or is grows wild in many many areas right. throughout north america i believe europe and canada and i think asia as well it's a prolific weed to put it that way um but St. John's Wort would be one, and you would make an oil with that. So you could go wild it, or you could find a, a source like uh, a, salve a salve or something, something like that, that includes that. Um, and that one's a very common one in a lot of salves that are related to muscle discomfort or um, things like your your sore sore muscle balms and arthritic balms. A lot of times, St. John's Wort will end up being included in those. Mm-hmm. So check out your favorite herbalists. They might have something for you that has that. Another one that you might want to think about is cayenne. So cayenne and hot pepper in general, any of the hot pepper family, will help increase when you use them topically. It helps increase circulation to the area. So that often will help to soothe the nerves as well because whatever it is that's the chemical stuff of the nervous system that's, that's causing and and Building up as a result of the agitation, there, mm-hmm. it will be more easily carried away when the circulation is better. Uh, for diabetes specifically, a lot of times part of the problem is circulation in the capillary system in those extremities. So, a lot of the reason why people who are diabetic are more likely to have cold hands and cold feet and struggle with circulation in those areas or struggle with discomfort in those areas is circulatory related. So, cayenne is a really good one for mm-hmm. that and that's you know you can make an oil or a um you can use like a tincture style using any alcohol or rubbing alcohol just make sure if you use rubbing alcohol you only use it topically right and you can spray that on or rub that on okay. i have myself I've made salves that come yeah
0: you did a a chili pepper salve
1: yeah I do a chili pepper salve and I put it in what looks like a mini deodorant stick Mm -hmm. style so it's a little heavier on beeswax right? Um, but that way I don't have to touch it with my hands and get it all over my hands and then potentially god forbid get it in my eyes or my nose Mm -hmm. which even still I personally manage to do because (laughs) you know you gotta put your fingers in everything right. right Um, and the other one that I was thinking about is going to be a—it's a, a mushroom—and you'll probably need to look for it. It's called Amanita muscaria, and it is—you um, know—that mushroom. It's a—it's the red one with yeah, the spots on it. Exactly, it's the one we see in the Disney movies. Those it's little a quintessential
0: white mushroom. Yeah, every time you see a mushroom, they yes. talk about that's the one. The they emoji
1: show. on your phone Isn't that has it? the little white stalk and the red top with the white dots—that's Yep. That's that's an, Amanita muscaria. Right, and there is actually a yellow version of that one right. that's called panther mushroom. So it's fly mush, fly fly agaricus or fly amanita and panther amanita or panther agaricus. But usually it's called amanita. So you can now. use either one. Yeah. They both work topical only. This is yeah. not, not an edible. This. Yeah. Do not eat this you mushroom. You to get sick. It will make, yeah. Both of them will make you quite ill if you eat them. Don't right. do that. No. But do consider using them topically. I have done them in oils. They also could be done in a tincture style. Um, mushrooms are a little bit more challenging to extract. Well, before so.
0: you say that, you say tincture style, uh, but not, but a, not in, As a liniment, as, as a, a topical liniment. only. Again, topical don't, only. Don't, yeah. don't ingest Amanita Right. But you, But
1: I guess what I'm trying to say is you can use alcohol to – so that you don't have to have that oily stuff Oh, okay.
0: So it puts it on, but then it evaporates yeah. off and leaves the – Exactly. Okay, okay. Exactly. Yeah, I just when you said tincture, I wanted to make sure people – no, 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 no. Yeah, no. yeah don't.
1: <laughs> so – If I was designing a simple formula, I would say put in equal parts of all three of those. Um, You might want to go – well; it doesn't matter if you go heavier or lighter with the cayenne. Um, But, you know, put in all three of those. So would the cayenne be a
0: powder you're going to use or are you going to use the actual pepper?
1: I would probably use dried cayenne peppers. And I might just go to my local grocery store and buy a package of dried peppers from the – Dried cayenne. Yeah. Dried cayennes or any of the other hot peppers. Oh,
0: so you could do like an Arbo chili.
1: Yes, uh, yeah. Because you can what I'm be like
0: because a lot like in our area, there's a lot of. Um, every grocery store has a a you know Mexican aisle, and down yeah. the Mexican aisle, you can find all these chilies.
1: Yes, I was going to say you that know. the Mexican and Asian cuisines usually right. have them, and Indian cuisine usually has. Right. Has so do you have chilies. a specialty
0: store like that, or?
1: That aisle in your grocery your store. That aisle in your grocery
0: store, you might be able to find what you're looking for. Um, I think the powder will be hard.
1: The powder will be a lot harder to deal with because right. you'll want – so you're going to make it with all three of these in there and then you're going to strain it out. Or you're going to make three individual oils all strained or or alcohol-based products all strained and then mix them together. Okay. And then turn them – I would turn them into a salve because it's less messy. Sure. But you do what what works for you. Um, the other thing is to take a look at, you know, good herbalists. Consider looking for herbal products like the ones on the real herb market. Look for the muscle, sore and muscle ache rubs that have a focus on St. John's wort that have hopefully cayenne, maybe amanita in them. Look for stuff that's for sore muscles that includes nervous system stuff. Ask the herbalist. Tell them I've got neuropathy. Do you use St. John's wort? Do you use any other herbs here that will help right. with the nervous system aspect
0: perfect well that All was right. a really good um, really good answer to that question and you know thank you for explaining what neuropathy was because I didn't really know so.
1: oh yeah yeah, that's yeah. challenging yeah. good luck Sandy
0: alright so I guess with that Putting put a herb on it. it the statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration FDA they're not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent disease